All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey, live every weekday at noon Eastern. Welcome in to a Wednesday edition of Daily Faceoff Live. As always, streaming on the Daily Faceoff YouTube and as always, delivered by Batano. The game starts now at batano.ca. He is not hockey insider Frank Saravalli. He is our boy, Stephen Ellis, filling in today for the big man. Stephen, how's it going? I'm doing much better than Tage Thompson is right now. How are you doing? Ooh, yeah, you're telling me. There are uh, there are a couple of fan bases and players hurting pretty bad here on a Wednesday afternoon. So let's not waste any time. Let's jump right into it and talk a little bit about the fact that the Sabres will be without their star for, as their head coach Don Granato put it, significant time. It is a big, big blow for the Buffalo Sabres losing him. He was just really starting to heat up as well. When you talk about the Sabres and the sluggish start they got off to to begin the season, a lot of it was kind of because their stars weren't producing, Stephen. Their stars start producing. They're hanging in the mix in that tight division. And now you kind of sit there and wonder, without Tage, do do they have the guns and the horses to, to keep up in that Atlantic? Have we heard about a player that gets hurt in one period, comes back and gets a separate injury in the same game? Like that seems yeah. really rare, but man, it almost feels like they, they should have just kept Matt Savoy for a couple extra games here at this point. He would have been a nice uh, fit for that team. But this is a group that is just, uh, unfortunately it is underperforming. I think for me, one of the big concerns was the goaltending heading into the season. You know, Devin Levi seemed like he was going to be the number one goalie, but he was a guy going from college to 
to the pro game with basically no in between there. And I feel like we've seen this year outside of that injury he had, he has struggled. His numbers are not great. And then when it comes to UPL, he's one of the most inconsistent young goalies I've seen. Some games he's absolutely stealing games and other games he's throwing away. And, you know, last night, not a, not a great result for them against Boston, obviously, but when it comes to this group, they, it's, I, I don't know what it takes to make this, work for them you know there was a lot of young guys who were hoping to see this be a nice transition year maybe the challenge for a playoff spot but it seems like between what we've seen in ottawa this year with some of the injuries and obviously shane pinto and then you see what's going on in buffalo it's almost like the hockey gods just want to push detroit into the playoffs here at this point and uh thompson he just needed a bit more consistency at this point he was still looking at a you know, 30 goals, 60 points this year, which would have been a step down, but given the start of his year, that would have been a huge bounce back. But uh, now it's it's going to be a lot tougher. Just three points currently separating the third-place Detroit Red Wings and the seventh-place Buffalo Sabres. Ottawa not that far back with 12 points on the year. Um, if you're Buffalo and you want to stay in the mix here, this is a perfect time for your goaltending to take over, is it not? I mean, one of these guys has got to step up and probably win you a handful of games here or go on a two-week run where they look like a star, even if maybe they're not. Yeah, and, and you know, if it's UPL and Eric Comrie, sure. If it's Devin Levi getting those opportunities, great. But with Levi, I just I don't want them to keep pushing him if he's not fully ready. I thought he should have started the year in the AHL because, again, you look at the, the success rate of guys going from the NCAA to the NHL, and it's pretty much nothing at all. So it would have been a good opportunity for him to get those reps in, to get a lot of starts, to make mistakes, to learn the pro game, uh, and not throw him to the wolves in a situation where a lot of people thought, big things were going to happen for the Sabres. So they need better goaltending. It's, uh, you know, near the bottom of the league right now. Uh, but there's three goalies that either of them, can, any of them can get hot at any point. They've proven that. So just, it just takes one. Oh, I'm looking over in the chat and there's some questions about Patrick Kane. I mean, you want to talk about someone that could maybe come and spark the Sabres offense. Maybe Patty Kane comes in is feeling healthy, can help you for a few weeks and give you that big boost. I, you know, a lot of people say he shouldn't go to Buffalo. I think, you know, if he wants to win the Stanley Cup, yeah, that's not the place to go. Florida might be a better choice, but go to Buffalo and you're you're playing your hometown team and you get an opportunity to help this group long term. And uh, just the question is, like, how strong is he going to be out of the gate? You know, hip resurfacing injuries aren't exactly a good thing to come back from. As we saw Nicholas Backstrom struggling to come back from his major surgery. Uh, you mentioned the Panthers there. We're going to talk about them in a little bit with our pal Luke Gazdick in the players room. But let's talk about a team that is on quite the ugly slide. And that is the New Jersey Devils. Boy, they were just humming along early in the season. Jack Hughes had 20 points in nine games before being injured in his 10th game. And since then... It's been struggle season for this Devils. They're now just 5-5 five and five in their last 10. They've lost three in a row. Their leading scorers since losing Hughes, John Marino has five points in five games. Dougie Hamilton has four and five. Everyone else only has three. It is uh, not going good in New Jersey right now. Do you think they can find a way to string some things together? Or do you think they're going to have to wait until Jack Hughes is back and contributing again and, quite frankly, carrying this team? Well, it's good the defense are contributing on the offense because they're not really contributing in their own zone. You look at this team and they're a giveaway machine and uh, just defend those defensive giveaways. Like you see that at like junior A level hockey. You don't see it uh, uh, here. Um, bad positioning, bad pinching, you name it. But then you look at the goaltending and Vitek Vanacek's numbers are just slightly better than Jack Campbell's this season. And you look at that and you see what Jack Campbell's kind of going through with, with Vanacek last year. 
you, you saw that hot streak that team went on and the Devils looking great, unstoppable for a bit. But Vanacek's numbers were not really spectacular. Like they were outscoring some of the flaws they had on that team and it worked really well. We saw what Jack Hughes could do and we saw what he's able to do this year. And I know there's a lot of fantasy hockey owners that are being really screwed right now by him not being there. Myself. Are you one of them? I, I'm, I got him in all my pools actually. Um, but you yeah. know, it's not just him. It's, it's losing Nico. He share and it's just losing those guys that are the backbone of this team. So, you know, the, the, hopefully it's only another game or two until Hughes gets to come back and really get to save this team. But if, you know, it shows that there's a bit of a depth issue with this group when when you can't yeah. score without these guys. Yeah, Andre Platt's been a guy who hasn't been nearly what they expected from him bringing him over from Tampa a couple summers ago. There's a handful of players really, really underperforming right now. But if Hughes comes back right away and the Devils start winning again, boy, does he ever have a hell of an MVP case. No question. He was he was the favorite before his injury. Yeah. So that, yeah, that's no that'd be my pick. Yeah, um, as of right now, even with the games missed, I might have him considering he's averaging two points a game so far this season. Uh, let's talk about another MVP candidate. As you see at the bottom of your screen, Pasta for MVP, Stephen. Now, I am a guy in my day-to-day -day life, Pasta as my MVP. I could eat it for every single meal. But the Boston Bruins, they are also enjoying their Pasta right now. 24 points in 15 games, leads the team in goals, assists, and points. He's averaging nearly 20 minutes a night. And if there was any doubt that this guy was maybe going to take a step back with no Patrice Bergeron to play with, that has been absolutely squashed through 15 games this season. This start is remarkable, and sometimes it feels like maybe it's because he's a winger. Maybe it's because there's a lot of offensive help, and that Bruins team is just so good. We don't include David Pasternak in the conversation with the McDavid's and the Matthews and the dry saddles. And damn it, we should. 11 goals in 15 games is stupid good. He wasn't even a first round pick in any of the hockey pools I was in this year. Like that's <laughs> just, I, I feel like he's almost so underrated compared to what you see some of these other guys. But his shooting percentage right now is at 15.9%. That's up from 15 last year. So he's shooting better than he was in the past last year. Um, he's just, you know, with goal scorers, when they're not scoring, and you see it a lot at the junior level, you see it a lot for young guys, when they're not scoring, you lose confidence. It seems like Pasternak has never had a confidence issue in his career. He continues to find the back in the net. He's shooting from everywhere. He's made Pavel Zaka a very good center at this point, you know. If you look at the Corsi 4 percentage without Pasta this year, it's like just 28% for Zaka, as opposed to almost 50 with him. So uh, when, when you look at that, it's, it's just... The combinations working it's not it's two guys that are friends um from the past but they weren't necessarily like guys who had a lot of experience playing together zaka has almost no experience with the national check team while pasternak's like a local hero there um but just it seems like he could play with just about anyone because he knows how to score just give him the puck he'll figure it out and that's why he's one of the best goal scorers in the league Last year, I was stunned that the Bruins did what they did. I had them missing the playoffs. This year, I had them right on the playoff bubble once again. And son of a gun, they have one regulation loss in 15 games. It, it, are they a legit wagon again? Like, is this going to be a team that pops home another 120 points and wins a president's trophy and does all that crazy stuff? I was one of many who did not see this happening. You know, Frank's brought up a good point, though, multiple times where they could lose a lot more games than they did last year and still be a 100-point team. And at this point, it's just like their goaltending is outstanding. They've got a great defensive system. Everyone's contributing, and that's why they're so good. Yeah, that blue line is really, really solid. And then you combine the fact it's very hard to get chances against them with Jeremy Swayman and Linus Allmark. The only thing that would have me feeling a little bit nervous uh, as a Bruins fan, and granted, it's small potatoes. It's a down-the-road problem. But like 
eventually you're going to have to pick between Swayman and Allmark. And man, that could also be a tough decision trying to choose between the reigning Vesna Trophy winner and a young guy in Swayman who looks like he's going to be a stud. When you look back, you know, the discussion the last couple of years about having a really good backup goaltender being more important yeah. than ever, it's creating a new problem. <laughs> and this is what Boston's kind of seeing there. You know, Swayman's the younger guy. He's the guy who you, you think you could rely on. But Omar, you just don't want to bet against him at this point. So I'm happy I'm not making that choice. Yeah, 100%. For now, Boston's just going to keep on riding this high that they're enjoying. Uh, let's move along to our last little topic here. Three-on-three OT changes. Our boy, Frank Saravalli from Sweden, sending out a tweet. NHL's Colin Campbell says GMs discussed the idea of changing the rule to limit teams from continually looping back and regrouping in three-on-three OT. Potential solutions. Once you cross the red line or blue line, you can't go back again or a shot clock. Discussions are ongoing. Frank says it's been tabled to March. Steven, I would love your opinion on this. Do you want to see them try to adjust the way the game's played in three-on-three, three, or are you happy with the way things currently are? I used to not have a strong opinion on the loser point, but at this point, if you just make it so the winning team gets two and the losing team gets none, I think you just you eliminate a lot of these issues here where you're just trying to survive. And for some teams, it's maybe better to just get to the shootout and just use your guys there. And um, I think you look at like what Toronto was doing a bit for last year when they were putting two defensemen out there to start, and that looked very weird, but it really helped shut things down and it slowed the game down. And in a lot of cases, it did work. But uh, I think, you did, again, just get rid of the loser point. It makes it simple. I think it makes a lot of people happy in that way. Uh, if you can't win in 60, you can't win in 65, maybe you just, you know, didn't deserve to be there that night. It's not your night. It's fine. But uh, the other alternative is you give three points for a win and one point for a loss, and you make it a bit more of a painful uh, situation for the team that does lose there. But there's got to be a bit more consequences for the team of losing than just not having one extra point in the standings. Because right now, losing in overtime obviously is significantly better than losing in regulation. Yeah. Uh, Captain Obvious there. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I like the idea of, of making it where, you know, you can't go past a certain line at a, after you've entered. Sure, I think that's just going to be a little confusing for new fans, though. That's kind of how I see it. Yeah, and I think, like, I agree with you. My point was going to be it's confusing for new fans. It'd be confusing for existing fans to be sitting there and going, okay, wait, so we're over the line, and now, like, what happens if we miss the net on a shot and it rims around and goes back? Like, who's allowed to touch it? Like, mm -hmm. I think it's a very complex... It sounds good in principle, but then you start to go through the different scenarios that can happen in a hockey game, and it's like, oh, there are like a handful of ways this could get very confusing in a hurry. And the thing with the shot clock too is it presents a logistical problem. Like in the rink, you are going to need to build in in yeah. every arena in the league areas where the shot clock is, but also most nights it'll what just sit as a dormant little thing in the corner of the boards. Like, I don't know. There's a part of me that just thinks it is what it is. Three on three OT, the coaches are getting to it. Maybe it'll go through a cycle where yeah, right now everyone's nice and laid back. And then eventually some coach will come in and go, no, the way to be is aggressive. And they'll win four overtime games in a row. And in a copycat league, everyone will start being aggressive again. We've seen in the KHL teams pull their goalie in overtime to try and score because they're just looking to go aggressive. And, you know, it seems to be more of like an NHL problem than a three and three overtime issue. Because you look at junior hockey, it's just nonstop action the whole time in overtime. And the under 17 World Hockey Challenge over in PI last week, the overtime game, I think, had like five breakaways in the championship <laughs> game. It was just like it was unbelievable. Uh, and it's it's I think we've got almost a skill issue where there's too many skilled players and they know how to just shut the game down in 
Ryan Litton shootout. And that's why it's more fun in junior where they don't get to do that a whole lot. And it's completely freewheeling. That's what makes that so exciting. But you know, in the NHL, it just, it's overcoached to a certain point. Yeah. And you know what a potential solution could be here is what if you extended the OT to 10 minutes and all of a sudden coaches got to start going a little bit deeper in their bench. You move away from the stars. You maybe get a few more mistakes. Third pairing D men have to start playing things like that. Sure. Yeah. I, I would, I'd be okay with that. I know one person I saw on Twitter suggested you can't use the same line. Like you, you have to roll the lines. Like you, your first line's there, your second line, third and fourth. I think that's a little ridiculous. Um, but you know, it, it's, Long, uh, 10 minute overtime I'd much rather have but also being at the games I do like getting home at a reasonable time too there's there's that whole thing too yeah as media guys we are always focused on the games ending as fast as possible there's nothing I hate more than when you're sitting up there and it's like icing icing offside and you're like okay we've had eight whistles in the first 10 minutes I'm going to bed later tonight I'm not happy about it mm-hmm. uh, all right there you go you can let us know in the chat I know there are some of you uh, chiming in on this one D Ely says it's stupid Leave it alone. Maybe make the OT 10 minutes. And Barra is saying uh, that the SHL over in Sweden is having the same problem, but it's not a skill issue. So, yeah, it's, it's overcoached. I also think in the SHL with the bigger ice, it creates just a lot more space to be kind of floating around like a tighter spot in the NHL should help a little bit. But anyways, uh, let's move along here and let's get to our big segment for the day. It's the players room with Luke Gazdick. Players Room, as always, is delivered by DoorDash for a limited time. Canadian listeners can get fifteen, or can get twenty-five percent off and zero delivery fees on their first order of fifteen dollars or more when they download the DoorDash app and use the promo code Nation at twenty-five. Dash that for the win and make DoorDash your holiday hack this holiday season. Luke Gazdick, there has been a lot of talk over the last week about a certain team in Western Canada, that being the Edmonton Oilers. They are struggling. One team in Western Canada that is just flying high is the Vancouver Canucks. You've had a chance to work a couple of their games over on Sportsnet. Is this just a team on a heater, or are you watching a Canucks team that's maybe taking a step towards being one of the elite in the Western Conference? Yeah, I think they are actually taking some real steps to be a a legitimate threat here. I mean, I know it's early in the season, but it's been really fun covering this team. Honestly, like the last couple of years, especially last year at Sportsnet, like I'd have to stay late. We're on the East Coast here, obviously, to to cover Canucks, and I'm just dreading it every night. And now it's like exciting hockey to watch. I think Rick Talk, it's really instilled uh, just kind of culture and, and way, way to play that these guys are just really picking up on. And, uh, you can see he's getting some great efforts, three of the top five scores in the league, right? I know a couple are tied for fourth there, but JT Miller is playing some really good two-way hockey. I know he feasts off the power play. He loves that play off the top of the circle coming down with the nice shot, but that's your Demko's playing out of his mind. And, they just play really good two-way hockey, man. It seems like everyone's buying into what they're selling and to what, I mean, you know, coaches are selling, adding in Adam Foote and having the Sedin influence there, I think has really helped them. And, you know, I, I think people are expecting a, a bit of a regression here. Some of their numbers are probably higher higher right now than than uh, uh, could be sustain, sustainable, sorry. But uh, it's been fun to watch them at the start here. So, Luke, you see all the issues with the Edmonton Oilers this year. It's a topic that will probably not die at any point this year. But then you just look a couple hours in the same province, and you've got the Calgary Flames looking as bad as they are. It looks like they may be headed towards a teardown. Do you think that would be the right move? I mean, that's the way we're going, right? And I think the young guys that they're playing right now and giving some top six minutes to, some high leverage situations, Connor Zary and 
Adam Rzitska and Martin Pospisil, guys like this, they're really giving them a look. And I think they're kind of leading the direction of this team here. I know they have a lot of guys coming up on UFA, and so they'll have to manage that. But I also think there's a big benefit to having veteran players around to kind of mentor um, the guys that are coming into the league now. These guys that have been chomping at the bit in the American League for these minutes. I look at guys like Blake Coleman and... I don't even know what what Naz uh, Nazem Kadri is thinking in terms of where he wants to go, but what great mentors for some of these kids to have around, and and I'd like them to at least you know be entertaining offers for a while here, so some of these young guys can kind of see the way that these guys approach the game. I, I I you know I said Coleman because he's a guy I watched turn pro in in New Jersey and played with him in Albany, a guy that really struggled early in his career. Uh, in the pro game, uh, learning how to play it, learning how to figure out the league and ends up being a two-time Stanley Cup champion, signs his ticket with Calgary. And he's a guy that I would expect those young guys to be really looking at. But, you know, looking at the future here, I would expect a lot of these guys on on uh, expiring deals to be uh, heading out of Alberta by the end of the year. Looking uh, one guy on an expiring deal is Nikita Zadorov. It obviously became very public over the last week that he wants out. He's also a guy who's and he's never been afraid, to, at least this season, to voice his opinion on how things are going. From a player's perspective, when you're sitting in the room and you have a teammate who's now made a trade request public, what's the feel like around them? Are you sitting there going, hey, it's just a business, he's doing what's best, or do you kind of roll your eyes like, come on, man, we're supposed to be out here battling every night? Yeah, to be honest, I kind of roll my eyes at that. And I know like agents are getting way more vocal on Twitter and stuff like that with their clients. And I don't know, I, I really haven't had too many scenarios in my career where a player so publicly has like stated he wanted out, but I can't see that being good in any sense or having any positive influence. It's it's something that you're kind of looking around and thinking like, maybe we could have kept this a little quieter. I, uh, I, I'm sure the guys like don't look too fondly at it. It's some of those things where you're like, man, could you have just kept those thoughts to yourself? Yeah, that's what I think. Out East, uh, the Florida Panthers, man, a lot of people had kind of just written them off from the start of the season going out. Ah, they're missing Ekblad and Montour. They're not going to be able to survive the first two months of the season. Well, son of a bitch, not only are they surviving, they're thriving 10, four and one on the year. They're red hot right now. And you had a chance to chat with Sam Reinhardt on your podcast. Uh, take us through what Sam Reinhardt had to say about this hot start and maybe what you learned about the Florida Panthers. Yeah, I don't think anyone, I mean, myself included, didn't think the Cats would be what, 10 and four. Yeah, 10 and four. There's the graphic yeah. right there, second in the Atlantic this early in the season after losing Montour Ekblad. I know they got Bennett back last night who scored versus San Jose, but he's missed uh, the entirety of the year. And, I got to have Sam on and just picked his brain. I asked him what was working for him right now. And when you're on a heater like this, uh, you know, what's going right for you? And he just said his confidence is through the roof. Like even on the shifts when he's not scoring, uh, he's getting chances. He's feeling the puck really well. And on a more general sense about the interview, like what a high IQ quality guy. I, I don't think a lot of people know too much about Sam. I, I didn't at least. And you know, he was second overall draft pick, right? So we should be expecting that this level of dominance from him. I guess we just didn't really see it in Buffalo, but he's a very durable guy. He's played close to 82 a lot of his career and um, 12 goals on the year this year. He's what I call a very efficient player, right? He's not going to beat a ton of guys wide and uh, on one-on-one -on -one speed, but he uses his time and space so effectively to his advantage and his ability to draw guys towards him and then, you know, make a little kick out play. 
Um, he's on a heater right now, and he's really making those guys go. I know that top line in Barkov and Rodriguez and him really, really power those guys. They feast off turnovers and transition. Uh, and, you know, when things are going right, things are going right. I didn't have too many offensive heaters like that in my career, so I did have to ask him, you know, what it feels like when you're going through one. And a good time to do it, too, pending UFAs. Every time, every time that puck hits the back of the net, cha-ching, 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 that cap, it's just going up and up. Uh, finally, I wanted to wrap up with this. We saw a handful of Leafs players were attending the uh, the premiere of the Borea Salming documentary. And if you go watch the trailer closely, you will see this. Luke Gast is in the movie. <laughs> Your acting debut, Luke. What was that like? Uh, so good. Uh, man, it was so much fun. I actually was uh, asked to be an extra in the movie. I just kind of be one of the guys skating around in the background. So we did some practices and I was, you know, floating around making some passes or whatever. And they approached me and they said, hey, we don't have a Dave the Hammer Schultz in the movie. And you, I had a big beard at the time. They're like, you look exactly like this guy on the ice. Would you want to try being him? Like you get to fight Borea in the movie. So I obviously gladly accepted. And it was so cool being on a movie set and uh, getting the hair and makeup. I, I actually didn't even have to do any hair. I just grew my beard and they shaved the, the handlebars for me. But it was funny, man. I worked with a stunt coordinator through the... To, to like kind of film the scene and by the end of it i was literally like teaching him how to how to do the things he's like so what would you do in this scenario when you get hit and it was really cool man i, I got to see the actual uh footage so i think people are really gonna like it but honestly it was so fun man i keep laughing every time i see see myself with the handlebars wearing uh wearing the eight so it was really fun man <laughs> Former nhler podcaster and actor luke gazdig this week on the players room <laughs> thanks for stopping by man yeah thanks guys Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Moving along to our daily face-off inbox question, hashtag AskDFO. Stephen, the Department of Player Safety is going to have a little bit of a busy morning after this hit from Paul Cotter in last night's Capitals-Golden Knights game where he catches Evgeny Kuznetsov up high. He got ejected. It was relatively early on, I believe, in the game. Is this a fine, a suspension, or nothing? I am not a fan of any head contact at all, but when you look at this, you see it... it, it to me, I, you might see it differently, but it looks like he hits the shoulder first. Am, am I looking at that correctly? 
Yeah, it, it's one of those ones where you got to like, again, in real time, I was surprised he got tossed because it just it's tough to tell where he first clips them. And it kind of looks like Kuznetsov's shoulder is the first thing that kind of sprays back. Yeah, so to me, it looks like shoulder to shoulders first. And I know it seems like that's that was the consensus online there. And um, again, I'm I'm OK with players always getting penalized for head contact, even to if it's if it's a follow through. Sure whatever but in that case it, it like it was pretty close to the the principal point of contact i've had a lot of concussions i know how much it sucks um but when it comes to that i think maybe i think it could probably get away without being anything because again it looks like he hits the shoulder first so i that's where i'm leaning but i'm also again just all head contact i don't want in the game yeah, I think it would be easy enough. Uh, I, I think it would be easy enough to give him one game here and just go, hey, we're we're yeah. setting the president. Like you, you hit someone even close to the head or you catch their head at all. You're going to sit for a game in the regular season. I don't think it's a bad precedent to set. Uh, Adrian was in with a hashtag ask DFO question. He said the Caps beat the defending champs three nothing. They're seven one and one in their last eight. Is this a streak or are they finally clicking buy or sell on the Capitals, Stephen? I'm not buying this team. I think they're just kind of riding a hot streak. Um, I know just, you know, Ovechkin not being Ovechkin kind of concerns me at points. The goaltending could be hit or miss at points right now. It's looking good. And uh, I don't know. I'm just, I'm not, it's a good streak. I'm not buying on this team being a real contender. Yeah. I think I am. Uh, I am with you as well. As much as, as much as it's boring when we agree, I just, I can't yeah. see them competing with the big dogs in the Eastern conference. Uh, let's move along to our Batano daily bets for today. Batano ca a relatively small slate in the nhl but i got a couple of plays i like including this shot prop parlay ryan nugent hopkins has seen his number drop down to one and a half but he's hit this in six of his last eight taking on a kraken team the Oilers had 26 shots through two periods against them last game i like nuge's ability to get two shots and jacob slavin in carolina as well he hit this in four of his last five again a good spot both these numbers low i like playing shot props together when they're one and a half and a plus 146 payout is not bad either. And then my straight bet for today is the Canucks on the puck line. I think they can stay hot for a little bit longer. Usually when a team's going up against the Islanders, you go, okay, the Islanders have the goalie advantage no matter what. That actually isn't the case right now. Thatcher Demko has obviously been unbelievable, and Varlamov was hot for a bit, kind of had a couple of rough starts. So if they go back to him tonight after going with Sorokin and Edmonton, I think the Canucks have a clear-cut advantage between the pipes. They've been a good home team this year. Plus 152 is a fantastic price tag. So I'm taking the Canucks on the puck line, which brings us to garbage time. It is brought to you by Wendy's and our new Daily Faceoff Survivor Pool. You can play it now at dailyfaceoff.com if you are in Canada. Steven, what do you got for me in garbage time? Well, we got to talk about those PWHL jerseys. I'm a big jersey collector. I've got over 80. Uh, so, so I'm much. very passionate on the looks of jerseys. And I feel like this is probably one of the most boring launches I've seen from a league in any form of uh, jersey releases. You look at the PHF and you look at the CWHL. Those leagues had outstanding jerseys, great branding, outside of maybe the Toronto Six name being really bad. But you look at these designs, and every single one of them has got the New York Rangers diagonal text for the city name. Um, you know, I'm okay with them not having an actual team name here, like just Montreal, just Ottawa, given we saw the list of teams uh, that were projected to be the official names and they were terrible and people rake them for that. But when it comes to this, this just feels so low effort. I know this is a league that's a startup trying to get become fresh in a few months time, but this is one of your best marketing tools, which is the jerseys, the things people want to buy. And right now you look online and there are not a lot of positive comments for them. It's just, yeah, 
everyone's got the same design. The colors are boring in a lot of cases. The, the There's no logos, nothing. This is a big fail for me. Yeah, it's a massive failure, especially because your timeline wasn't exactly tight. Like when you're launching a new league here, there is zero excuse to not knock this stuff out of the park. The fact you're getting off on the wrong foot already is incredibly discouraging. And listen, I mean, is the women's league going to survive or fail based on the jerseys? No, but still, I think this is maybe a bit of a sign that if you can't get this right, I wonder how you'll get other things right down the line. And no merchandise available right off the lawn. Like you, you've got the the jerseys, you got this. You you yeah, it may not have jerseys ready to go, but you can have shirts, you can have hats, things like that. People want to buy nothing. I just I don't Nothing. Oh, that is brutal. Uh, garbage time brought to you by Wendy's and the new Survivor game and also the new Wendy's app. Hit up that app, download it, give yourself a chance to order the all-new barbecue bacon cheeseburger. It is real, it is fantastic, it is absolutely delicious. Shout out to Wendy's and the Survivor game, which uh, I think we'll have a new week starting uh, right away here because we're only doing four picks at a time. So if you haven't played yet, you absolutely should. Very real prizes from Wendy's up for grabs right now. Steven, fantastic stuff today, buddy. Appreciate you hopping on the show and we'll chat again later in the week. Thanks so much. What's up, hockey fans? If you enjoyed that video, then you need to be hitting the subscribe button right here at Daily Faceoff. Exclusive interviews and analysis from our hockey insider, Frank Saravalli, fantasy updates from Brock Sagan, and a daily live show at noon Eastern, Monday through Friday. You don't want to miss any of the fantastic content, so hit that subscribe button. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay authenticity guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. 
Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.